Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. The Guardian. Listeners, I don't have to tell you how much I love video games. I play them. I write about them, I talk about them on the radio and the television, and from time to time I mention them on this very podcast. I usually find it pretty easy to find people to tell me about the industry. In the UK, for example, according to a report published in June 2018 by Yuki, the UK Interactive Entertainment Association, there are 2,261 active games companies in the UK. Here, you can study game development at a higher education institution. And there are experts galore, ready to talk me through the latest industry news. But not everyone has this luxury. In January 2018, I went to Sarajevo to speak at an event run by the British Council. And while I was there, I spoke to two game developers about what it's like to make games in Bosnia and Herzegovina. The answer? Not easy. There's no companies working on games in Bosnia, so it's not an industry, <laughs> but yeah, I hope it get better. And it's not just in Bosnia and Herzegovina that people have struggled to turn their passion for games into a career. In Pakistan, the desire for video games is there, but according to one developer, the education isn't readily available for those who want to learn how to make them. And I see that I always wanted to learn how to make my own games. And I could not reach to that place myself. And even after six to seven years, I felt like I did don't have that kind of a knowledge that could actually make me an independent developer or be able to, you know, design my own games. And all that knowledge was missing. It was nowhere to find. So how do you build an entire industry from scratch? I'm Jordan Erica Weber, and this is Chips with Everything. Hello, Amar. Hey. Hi, it's Jordan. How are you doing? Yeah, it's great. <laughs> How are you? Awesome. Yeah, I'm good. It's good to talk to you again. It's been like six months, right? Yeah, it's been a lot. <laughs> uh, how's Ivan? Yeah, he's good. He's good. Working. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Amar Zubchevich yeah. is an independent game developer and co-founder of AI Interactive, a game development company based in Sarajevo. And before you think it, AI Interactive isn't about that kind of AI. The name is actually AI, it's our initials, Samar and Ivan. It doesn't have anything to do with, with artificial intelligence. And we, we made that name in high school, so it sounded like in the late 90s, AI Interactive sounded like really cool. When I first met Amar, I was really interested in his story. 
so I called him on Skype to learn a bit more. Amar grew up during the Bosnian War and the siege of Sarajevo. According to the Serbian troops who control this area, they were attacked. Yeah, uh, I was six years old when, when it started, and it was actually when I started school in '92. I started school when the war started. It was yeah, a strange time. We went to school in a basement and under candlelight. But as a kid, it's very strange. It should be horrific, but as a kid, is like adventurous for some reason. Everything is an adventure. We had no electricity, no running water, so we had to go for, for water to a well. We would carry some canisters with ourselves, and after the shellings, you go out and collect all the, all the parts of the grenades. And it was actually a dare to collect them while they were still hot, which was a very dumb thing to do when I think about it now, but yeah. <laughs> wow, so it sounds kind of like a video game, like going to collect water and going to collect bits of grenades. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, kids make a game out of everything, I guess. A lot of game developers I speak to tell me that the games they played as children were very formative for them and their eventual careers. But during the war, it was difficult for Amar and his friends to even get their hands on a game's console. Yeah, we had an, I think it was an Atari, I'm not sure. And we had one game, it was Space Invaders. But we didn't know it was Space Invaders, we, we thought it were cockroaches. So we called the game Cockroaches and we would play <laughs> that game. But it was very brief because electricity was like, you had electricity what, once in a week or so. So we would huddle up all the kids from the block and play Space Invaders. What about your parents then? Did they play games? Yeah, my mom never never liked games, but my father played with us. So like, I don't know, he liked it. And he was he got really good at Tetris at some point and nobody could beat him. <laughs> <laughs> Amar says that since the end of the conflict, the country has failed to make any great strides in building a video game industry for several reasons. There was no support from the government or the public in general. It's, if, when you say to someone, oh, I make games, they ask you, oh, what do you do for a living then? Uh, so how would you characterize the current game development community in Bosnia-Herzegovina then? It's individuals and small teams mostly. We have a small indie meetup, which is around 20 people. There's no, there's no companies working on games in Bosnia. So it's not an industry, but yeah, there's some motivated individuals and talented ones. So I hope it get better. If there's no real games industry and kind of no one to look up to in your country and go, oh, right, that job, that's what I want to do. How did you get into it? Yeah, we just made games for, for fun. And then some people saw them and thought, oh, that's awesome, actually. You, you, can you make something for me? And we started doing some freelance work and con contractual work for people and then after that we decided to make like a bigger project by ourselves and financing it by by this contract work and then we applied to some game accelerators and got accepted and stuff like that got some awards and now we have a publisher so it got serious a little bit <laughs> <laughs> despite the lack of enthusiasm for video game development the government has made a big push to teach computer programming to children, putting it on the curriculum for both elementary and high school students. Yeah, it's strange. I, uh, I'm not really sure. Uh, they put it in the curriculum really early, right? Like sixth grade, I think. There's a big focus 
uh, on engineering and stuff like that before in Yugoslavia, but also now in Bosnia, like when you're good at math in a school, you, you don't have to learn anything else. You get best grades. If you have the best grade in math, you're like a pro student and you get the good grades and everything else. So it has something to do with that, maybe. I didn't want to seem rude, but considering what Amar and Ivan were dealing with, I had to ask why they decided to stay in Bosnia and Herzegovina rather than move somewhere with a better industry and, therefore, more opportunities. We want to start something here, right? A lot of people are leaving, like a lot of my friends from college are leaving for Germany, most of them. And yeah, it's better wages, but uh, we want to start a community here if we can, and we hope we can. So yeah, that's the main reason. So you've said that you hope to start something in Bosnia Skavina. Do you think that there is potential there to start a games industry or at least more of a game development community? Yeah, hopefully more people get the courage to start something. It, there's a big IT industry in Bosnia. It's really big. But most of the people are working in outsourcing because it's very easy and it's good money. But not a lot of people start something. It's a little bit risky, right? And yeah, I think I think it, it can develop. I hope we can be an inspiration for someone if we ever finish our game. <laughs> <laughs> After the break, we'll speak to another game developer, this time in Pakistan, who is building up her country's video game industry one lesson at a time, despite significant obstacles. This is a big stereotype that people don't think that girls can actually, you know, work in tech and go for the degrees in computer science. They eventually will end up just at home. They will not be working in technology field. We'll be back after this. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, Furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy-to-assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch-resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com ACAST. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Today in Focus is a new Guardian podcast that brings you closer to our journalism by getting behind the news every weekday. You'll join me, Anushka Astana, talking to people at the centre of the big stories impacting our world. We'll use personal perspectives and expert analysis to put you at the heart of what matters. Listen to Today in Focus and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you choose to listen. 
This week, we're traveling to places that have almost no video game industry and talking to individuals who are doing their best to build one. Before the break, we spoke to Amar Zupcevic, a game developer in Bosnia and Herzegovina, who wants to inspire fellow developers to stay in the country and build a community, one games company at a time. Now we're heading to Pakistan to meet someone who is advocating for better education for game development. So, hi, I'm Sadia Bashir, I'm the founder of Pixel Art Games Academy, and which is a training academy in Pakistan. Sadia decided young that she wanted to study computer science. In 8th grade, when I was first uh, introduced to the computer, so I saw the computer for the first time, and I instantly fell in love with this machine, and I was like, oh my god, this is kind of like a you know, magical machine, this does a lot of things. So I was very fascinated by that. But unlike Amar, her school wasn't teaching the subject. It's like a, in a public school, there was not, not a computer there, and there was a single computer which was not even working properly. And then there was like not as any qualified teachers to teach computer science. So they'd give me two options. Either you stay in the uh, school and study economics and others or arts, other art subjects, or either you just leave school and go to the school where you can actually find the computer science. So it wasn't really... That time it was not very like uh, motivating, but I thought that if I can go to some other school and study computer science, then that's fine. I would rather go to some other school. Sadia made a risky decision as a young student. That point I had to quit my school to go to a private school where I had to bear all the expense of being going to the private school. So I had to quit my school in the middle of term and I started the uh, my if we start my term in another school to study computer science how did you afford to go to the private school it was very difficult uh, i was uh, the only girl in my family was actually you know pursuing for this kind of education and, and all of my siblings were going to public school and so for some part like i had to uh, do part-time work to actually support my education at that time so I would do some tuitions and some kind of you know stitching work with my mother I look back and I think about it like it was not an easy time but I think it was worth that effort any parents listening probably wouldn't be too thrilled if their children came home and announced that they'd quit their school in favor of a more expensive alternative Sadia did run into problems with some of her family, but it wasn't because of money. So I was the first girl who went that direction. So I actually, from some of my extended family members, they uh, did like uh, give me some negative reaction to my family, to my father and everybody's to tell them like, you know, it's not good to send the girl to the university educations and what they're going to do after. This is a big stereotype that people don't think that girls can actually, you know, work in tech and go for the degrees in computer science. They eventually will end up just at home. They will not be working in technology field. But eventually when I started working along with my university education and I started my work and I actually become a very positive role model for my next generation and my other girls in the family as well. Sadia went on to receive a bachelor's degree and master's in computer science at university. When she graduated, she decided to go into game development. But there was a snag. There were no jobs in this industry. In fact, Sadia says there barely was an industry. 
when I graduated, a lot of people told me that like, you know, I started to look around for the job opportunities in game development and there were not much of the game studios in Pakistan. And I got a little disappointed because I really wanted to get into this field. So eventually I just started working as a software engineer in some software house in Pakistan, in Islamabad. And, but it didn't go well because I was not really interested into software development. I wanted to make games and after a one year job, I really decided that I cannot do this anymore. Once again, Sadia decided to take things into her own hands. She joined together with a group of friends to start a company that would develop games. But as she explains, a lack of proper education in game development specifically would be her downfall. The games she first made weren't successful and she was forced to shut down that first company. Since there's no a lot of game studios, there's a very less knowledge for making games. There was very little information available on the internet or anywhere to learn from and to be able to, you know, make good game. And especially in terms of game design, you may know the technical part of like building a game, but designing a game is a whole new world that opened up to me years later after I went into game industry and understood like how the games are being made. So there was a missing knowledge, there was a gap of my education and my the industry that the overall interna- international standard that people were, were following. So that's why you started the Pixel Art Games Academy, right? Because you wanted to fill this gap of missing knowledge. How did that idea start and how did you create it? So while I was doing my master's research in video game development practices in industry, I interviewed both uh, local and international game studios, mostly indie studios, to understand what practices they have using to make games and what are the best and the worst and the wrong and the right practices that they have done in their lives to so learn from them that how what is missing and what we should be doing. Sadia decided that there should be a place where anyone could go to learn the things those developers were telling her, the do's and don'ts of making a game. And where Amar found that Bosnia and Herzegovina lacked game studios in which to find work, in Pakistan there are studios, but the games they produce have yet to achieve international recognition. So in 2016, Sadia set up the Pixel Art Game Academy, the first of its kind in Pakistan. When we started up the academy, our mission was to actually making people independent to actually create their own products and their own IPs and to be able to build their own ideas from scratch to end. And they, our courses and our training programs are not just to tell how to design a game or how to make a game, but also to understand what is the entire process of creating a game into a publishing a game and understanding how you can as an independent developer to create a team and be able to manage the team to make the entire game. Another issue Sadia wants to tackle is the lack of women in the games industry in Pakistan. Pixel Art Academy has a rule that at least one third of all participants in all of their courses should be female. Because it's not about training and getting the skills, but also implementing those skills, utilizing these skills and being the part of an industry. That's what we are trying to work more towards. We have to have more inclusion of women in Pakistan game industry and not just like on a lower scale, but also in the leadership position as well. Because uh, I think more women in the leadership position be able to change the policies which can help the women to be in this industry and be uh, have a more positive view of this industry as well. Like Amar in Bosnia and Herzegovina, I was interested to know why Sadia decided to stay in Pakistan rather than leave to find a job elsewhere. 
because i really wanted to change this i i love my country i love the place where i am but i really know that there's a lot of talent in pakistani people there's a lot of talent out there i stayed here to support all these people and i'm not doing it alone i have a lot of international game developers people from international community who are our mentors our advisors who you know give education because if not there's not a lot of resources for training in pakistan so we get trainers and we get mentors and advisors from international industry they come over skype they give talks they give workshops they give mentoring session to our people as well and i want to connect our local industry with those international industry people so that we can learn from them and we can grow from there so it's not like we we cannot grow or we we don't have potential we have a huge potential here but they mm-hmm. need my support they need this platform where they can learn and they can grow and i want to give them that support for anyone wanting to know more about the work that sadia and amar do there will be a link to both their websites on this week's episode description on the guardian website Now, I don't know if you're counting, but we certainly are. There are less than two weeks until Christmas, and we want to know where Santa is. Luckily, we're following his whereabouts on the North American Aerospace Defense Command's Santa Tracker. Make sure to check out our show next week, when we'll be talking to one of the people behind this very special tool. That's all for this week. I'm Jordan Erica Weber. Thanks for listening. For more great podcasts from The Guardian, just go to theguardian.com slash podcasts.